No one makes it easier to create interactive content that drives engagement from your customers than Constant Contact. Unlike other solutions, Constant Contact has a smooth drag-and-drop design, which provides the most simplified editing experience possible. And if you want to talk strategy with a marketing expert, you can turn to Constant Contact's free live coaching for help. See how you can be a marketer with a free trial at constantcontact.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Ziggler Show, episode 456. Today we hear from Zig Ziggler on stage discussing what he believes is the number one way to improve your success. And I think you will agree. It's not a tactic, it's a mindset, and it will alter your actions. It's easier and more profitable, and honestly, it's irrefutable. So let Zig inspire you here with a few quotes, then I'll fill you in. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, your host of The Ziggler Show. I titled this show simply The Number One Way to Help Yourself. It's not just a catchy title. This is the core of Zig Ziglar's philosophy for personal success. No matter who you are, no matter what you think you can or can't do, no matter what you think you deserve or are capable of, if you will stop trying to get and start working to give, you will find success. It's an absolute truth. No gimmick, no trick, no tactic. I mean, if you jump out of a two-story window onto the pavement, you will be direly hurt, guaranteed. If you read Zig Ziglar's self-talk cards every day, you will be positively reprogrammed in your brain. You can find those as always at Ziggler.com slash self-talk. Well, also, if you turn your focus to helping others succeed and get what they want, you will drastically increase your success. It is an absolute. So I've got nine minutes of Zig on stage. Then I'm going to introduce you to another world changer and quickly cover some specifics from Zig's message. So if you're ready, here we go. Now, when you start talking about being other people conscious to build relationships, let me tell you one of my favorite stories. Two of England's great prime ministers uh, were William Gladstone and Benjamin Disraeli. Uh, In my time, uh, my two favorites, of course, have been Winston Churchill and Margaret Thatcher. Uh, I just think they're two of the world's great leaders. But anyhow, Gladstone and Disraeli were tremendously effective in their role as prime minister. However, they were totally different personalities. A story is told about this uh, socialite, a titled English woman, who uh, was at a banquet uh, one day with one of those prime ministers and the other one a week or two later. And it was was the custom in those days, they always uh, paired them up, man, woman, man, woman. And society demanded that the man and the woman talk to each other. 
Well, when uh, the lady had had dinner seated next to uh, Mr. Gladstone, somebody asked her the next day, what did you think about uh, Mr. Gladstone? And she said, uh, well, you know, when I listened and talked with him, I became convinced that he had to be one of the brightest, wittiest, best informed, most knowledgeable human beings I have ever seen in my life. It was absolutely astonishing the amount of wisdom and knowledge that this individual had. Later when she had uh, sat next to Disraeli, the same person, well, what would you think about Mr. Disraeli? And she said, you know, I became absolutely convinced that after talking with Mr. Disraeli, that I was one of the wittiest, brightest, <laughs> most pleasant, knowledgeable persons on this earth. Now, let me ask you a question. Had they been running for a public office, which one do you think she would have voted for? No question about it, is there? Which one would she have followed the furthest? Disraeli. Which one did she really think was the smartest? Disraeli, of course, absolutely, because they had put them in front of her. When you get wrapped up in yourself, as some people have an inclination to do, you really do make a very small package. Uh, several years ago, I injured my right knee bowling. Uh, one of my friends, who's not overly bright, made some reference to my age. Now, the reason I know he wasn't very bright, if he had thought about it that long, he would have realized that the other knee was exactly the same age as the injured one, and nothing was wrong with it, so obviously he's got nothing to do with it. Well, anyhow, uh, I was scheduled to speak the next night. Well, there was a large uh, group of people, about 3,000 were there, and uh, I walked out and, uh, on the platform, and as I did, uh, I was noticeably limping. I could almost hear and feel the audience saying, well, look at that old Zig is kind of crippled. But I know he's going to give it his best shot. Bless his heart. I know he's going to do it. Oh, I could just feel it coming from the audience. Well, they put that microphone around my neck. And I don't know the therapeutic value or the medicinal effect of a microphone around your neck as it relates to sore knees. But there's apparently some healing connection because when they put the mic around my neck, my knee quit hurting. And for the next 60 minutes, I was up and down, rounded about, stooping, squatting, shouting, hooping, hollering, doing all of the things I normally do. And I'm telling you, it thing went over well. When I got through, I took the microphone off. I stepped down off the platform and hit the deck. It collapsed. Now, let me ask you a question. Why did it not bother me at all for 60 minutes and all of a sudden then it goes astray on me and I have a little problem with it? Well, I think the answer is very simple. For 60 minutes, I was wrapped up in serving an audience. And then though I did not do this consciously, when I finished, I apparently thought, boy, I'm glad that's over. Now, Ziegler, you can think about yourself. And boom, that's when I hit the deck. I really am totally, completely convinced that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. One of my favorite stories about 100 years ago, Andrew Carnegie, the first great industrialist our society produced, had 43 millionaires working for him. Now, 100 years ago, a millionaire was rich. They had money. And uh, a reporter uh, came to him and uh, said, uh, Mr. Carnegie, how on earth did you hire 43 millionaires? And he kind of smiled. He said, well, when I hired them, none of them were millionaires. He said, well, what did you do to develop them to the degree that they became so valuable to you that you could pay them enough money that they became millionaires? 
Carnegie taught us a tremendous lesson with his answer. He said, you develop people in exactly the same way you mine gold. When you go to gold mine, you expect to move tons and tons of dirt to find an ounce of gold. But you don't go in there looking for the dirt. You go in there looking for the gold. Now, that's an interesting uh, statement because you really do find what you look for. So many people, as I've said in early recordings, have been told so many times what they cannot do. They've been so heavily criticized, they really do not know what they can do. They don't know what they want because they do not know what's available for them. Now they can understand where you could get it, you could get it, you could get it, but poor little old me, there ain't no way. People who build winning relationships are what I call good finders. When we first moved to Dallas in 1968, I met one of the most fascinating men I've ever met. His name is Walter Haley. Now, he was in the insurance business. In those days, 1968, uh, an insurance salesman, virtually all insurance was whole life. There wasn't much term insurance being sold in those days. A million-dollar producer was a pretty good producer. A two-million-dollar-a-year producer was uh, outstanding. Walter devised a plan and a method of marketing through these mammoth grocery warehouses through independent grocers that enabled his representatives to sell 10, 12, even $15 million worth of life insurance each year. Well, when I met him, he said, Zeke, I just want to show you something. I want to take you over and let you see one of these mammoth warehouses. He said, you won't believe how many grocers they can put under one roof. And he was absolutely right. I didn't know there was that much food in the world. Boy, I'll tell you, it's huge. We walked in the front door and there was this huge switchboard and this lady who was in charge of it, there were others, but he walked up to her and he said, excuse me, Zig, just for a moment. He said, ma'am, he said, you know, I just wanted to tell you, you're absolutely the greatest on this switchboard I have ever seen. You make me feel when I call that you're just waiting on me to call. And it just makes me feel so good. Just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. She said, well, thank you, Mr. Haley. We walked on down uh, one of the corridors there. We got to this little office and he said, just a minute, Zig, let's step in here for a second. We stepped inside and there was this gentleman and Mr. Haley stepped up and he said, my name is Walter Haley. I have not met you, but I have been watching your results. You know, we haven't had a problem in this department since you took over. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. And the guy said, well, Mr. Haley, I'll do the best I can. And Mr. Haley said, well, you're certainly doing a good job. Keep it up. Well, we walked upstairs. We walked into Mr. Haley's uh, outer office, and there his secretary was. And he walked over and said, Zig, shake hands with the greatest secretary who ever sat behind a desk. He said, I believe and my wife believes that she hung the moon. And, uh, you know, I'm just asking you right now, don't you ever take it down. I like it where it is. Oh, she said, Mr. Haley, you're mighty sweet to say that. Thank you very much. We walked in his office and there sat one of his agents. And uh, Walter said, Zig, shake hands with the greatest insurance salesman they ever put on a pair of shoes. God said, oh, Walter, he said, you're just always full of that sort of thing. But I really like it. Keep it up. The whole trip took less than 10 minutes. Now, let me emphasize something, as I've said in an earlier recording, and that is this. You never say something to somebody that you would not say behind their back, whether it is good or bad. 
If you would not give that kind of a compliment behind their back, then you're talking about flattery. If it's sincere, however, then a compliment is literally verbal sunshine. Now, that whole extra trip took less than 10 minutes. How many of you believe, though, that as a result of those 10 minutes, that four people that day were more productive than they normally would be? Can I see your hand? How many of you would agree that it's better to have one person working with you than it is to have three people working for you? When you form a team, you can get more done. That's winning relationship. That really is what it's all about. It's being thoughtful of the people you're with and around. Well, Zig starts out in this message, a story of a couple people, one who shared how great and accomplished they were, the other who made somebody else feel great and accomplished and the dichotomy between that. And he stated, when you get wrapped up in yourself, you really do make a small package. Well, folks, this is the Ziggler show. And Zig Ziggler is one of the most quoted men of all time. He influenced over 250 million people so far, and his reach and message is growing exponentially right now. Our show, this show, The Ziggler Show right now, is getting more downloads per episode than ever of all time. Uh, so he is uh, an amazing guy, amazing message. Uh, and if you don't own a, a Ziggler library of books right now, go to Ziggler.com and make a wise investment in your life. Jim Rohn, another author said, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Let's take that to heart here. Now I preface that though, to say, uh, so much about Zig, but he was not the only authority. He is not the only authority on personal development and success. And he was always quick to point out that and to resource the people who influenced his lives. So on the first point that he makes in this message, I want to point out another book. It's a resource that we refer to an awful lot. It is the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Okay, if you do not own that book, it is a must read. It's on the shelves of the world changers of uh, today, yesterday, and it will be of those tomorrow. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Dale Carnegie. I have it right here in my bookshelf. I actually pulled it all off. I have an old copy. It was originally written in 1936. The copy I have was 1964. It says $3.50 on the cover of it. And it actually says, hey, this book is sold over, it sold a $4 million 590,500 uh, 590, copies sold. Uh, that's when it was printed, though today that book has sold over 30 million copies. So on my old copy, my old book here, it has a yellow box at the bottom on the cover, and it, it says uh, it offers a few things. Number one, it says, what are the six ways of making people like you? See pages 57 through 102. I incentivize my older kids to read that segment and for us to talk about it, and I will do so also with my younger ones. But uh, I'm going to give the those six points to you. They are so relevant to what Zig's talking about, what he led off with his beginning story. Uh, I'm going to number one actually hits it, nails it on the head. But I'm going to give all six to you here real quick. So here's a primer on how to win friends and influence people. One of the most influential books on success ever written. So six ways to make people like you. Number one, become genuinely interested in other people. That's the story that Zig led off with. 
And the author, uh, Dale Carnegie goes on to say on that point, he says, you can make more friends in two months by being interested in them than in two years by making them interested in you. The only way to make quality lasting friendships is to learn to be genuinely interested in them and their interests. And uh, I've heard uh, to, to credit some other folks in my life and other leaders who will sometimes say, fake it till you make it, that you may not find that as you're standing in front of somebody, you are gen- generally interested in them. However, you can shut up and ask questions instead of telling people about yourselves. It's a very, very unique skill. Go into a social situation and listen and listen to how often people ask questions, real questions, meaningful questions that pull out about other, the, the, the quality things about other people. That's different than just saying, Hey, you know, did you see that game the other night and just chit chat? We're not talking about that, but it's the converse, the, the opposite of you going in, of us going in, of other people going in and talking about themselves. That is our nature. Uh, This is a big deal skill, folks. Become genuinely interested in other people, and you will grow in that. Uh, It will become more authentic as you do it. Well, hey, number two then out of these six is smile. And Dale Carnegie writes, happiness does not depend on outside circumstances, but rather on inward attitudes. Smiles are free to give and have an amazing ability to make others feel wonderful. Smile in everything that you do. Another, it's another skill that I think as we've gone on in time, I see less and less people out in public who will make the effort just to smile at someone else. And what that does, though, is opens the opportunity for us, the rest of us to shine even brighter by giving a simple smile. You will get better service. You will get catered to, you will get more interest from other people, a simple smile. It just interacts with our psyche. It changes the chemicals in our brains and the brains of those that we give that smile to as well. Number three, remember that a person's name is to that person, the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Dale goes on to say the average person is more interested in their own name than in all the other names in the world put together. People love their names so much that they will often donate large amounts of money just to have a building named after themselves. We can make people feel extremely valued and important by remembering their name. Now, if you think about that, one of the most common phrases in social situations is, oh my gosh, I'm terrible with names. And, uh, it's because generally there's just, again, we're talking psychology here. When you meet another person, when you put your hand out and shake their hand and introduce each other, you are uh, just, again, naturally don't feel bad about this. I do it too. We all do it. We're thinking about ourselves. We're meeting somebody. We're making an impression. We're looking at them in the face and we're thinking about ourselves. So when we share names, we just don't hear. I am habitual. That's what I do habitually. However, the, uh, the habit that I picked up is a moment later when I am brought right back to the fact that I didn't hear their name at all is to say again, I'm so sorry. Tell me your name again. And they'll say, you know, my name is Bob. My name is Sue. And I'll go, okay, great. And again, my name is Kevin. And at that point they've gotten past that first thing too. that, that, that first, uh, you know, that first stress in a sense of meeting each other. And they are listening now too, and they will hear my name. So it's doing both of us 
a favor. So if you don't remember people's names right off the bat, join the crowd. You are like most people. Just get in the habit of asking again or write it down if you have the chance. I usually have a journal with me and I'll write it down, especially if I'm going into a meeting. I'll write down. If there's a circle of people there. I'll write them down so that I can go back to them and remember their names because it is. We can hear our name. We cannot hear a, a ton of things, but when somebody mentions, says our name in a big crowded area, we will hear it. We are talking psychology. That's what Dale was writing about here. Number four, he says, be a good listener, encourage others to talk about themselves. And he says, the easiest way to become a good conversationalist is to become a good listener. To be a good listener, we must actually care about what other people have to say. Many times people don't want an entertaining conversation partner. They just want someone who will listen to them. I'll tell you folks, this became, of course, I was taught this at at a young age. My dad, Dan Miller of 48 Days uh, to the work you love fame that you can find at 48days.com. He's been a uh, guest on the show many times. I mention him so frequently. He's who introduced me to Zig Ziglar so many years ago. Um, but uh, he took me to, to Carnegie classes. They had Carnegie classes that taught this stuff. And I got to go audit those as a little kid. And I learned about this stuff. However, Uh, It doesn't mean that everything takes right away. And I learned this later in life as a paid consultant when I first uh, became a paid business consultant. And I learned that people paid me and they were not paying me. Of course, this is contrary to what I initially thought I had to learn this. They weren't paying me just to talk the whole time. And what I found that they got more value out of was for me to ask the right questions, to ask intuitive questions. And that took skill and that took wisdom. So uh, it, it did take something on my part. But if I ask the right questions, they are the ones that provided the good content. And if I listen intently, I'll find the next important question that will help us both put the puzzle pieces together for what they need. It wasn't all on me. So being a good listener, and I think a big part of that too, is asking good questions, asking questions that matter, figuring the person out. I mean, from a sales standpoint, which a big part is a big part of Ziggler, when you, and I did this, a lot of you guys, sales are a lot different for most people these days. A lot of it happens online and whatnot, but I actually did have a portion of my life where I went into offices of business owners and I sat down and because of my training from Zig, from Carnegie and from so many others, I learned to go in, sit down and right away, start looking for, for clues, look at family pictures, look at what they have on the wall, pictures of them fishing or pictures of them, uh, doing this or that, whatever, and cue in and try to find a connection, uh, with them so that I can learn from the context there to ask good questions, ask things that matter. Again, this is not just about mere flattery, which Zig talked about as well. This is about sincerity and it's about caring. It's about being a good detective. Um, all right. Number five, talk in terms of the other person's interest. Exactly what I was talking about there. And Dale says the Royal road to a person's heart is to talk about things he or she treasures most. If we talk to people about what they're interested in, they will feel valued and value us in return. I've actually seen some of this depicted in some dating manuals and things of that nature. And we have all seen on, if we didn't experience it ourselves, we've seen it in movies and in TV shows where somebody will go on a blind date or they'll meet somebody the first time and they'll come back and they go, Oh my gosh, all they did was talk about themselves, which comes out of our insecurity and our, our desire to try to be liked. And we talk about ourselves hoping to again, sell the person And here again, it is asking questions about their interest. And so a great date is when somebody comes back and they feel 
cared about. They feel known. They feel interested in. We can do that. That's what Dale is leading us into right here. And the last one, number six, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. And Dale goes on to say, the golden rule is to treat other people how we would like to be treated. We love to feel important and so does everyone else. People will talk to us for hours if we allow them to talk about themselves. If we can make people feel important in a sincere and appreciative way, then we will win all the friends we could ever dream of. Interesting stuff, folks. I mean, this is a paradigm shift. This is not something that we're taught in home at home generally. It's not something we're taught in school. It's not something we're taught in college. It's not something we're taught in doctorate programs. It's something we are not taught. It's something we have to go after and we have to learn. And this is, again, it's a paradigm shift that you have to do out of habit, out of, out of willpower. Uh, and then ultimately it can become your nature and you will stand out to a significant degree. Again, really highly, highly motivate everyone to get how to win friends and influence people. You can get it in any format. I'm sure audio, you can get the book, uh, whatever it is a, it's a classic of all classics. I know Zig was impacted by it and that book fit perfectly into the heart of Zig's message today. Well, just a couple other points here. Um, Zig talks about his injured knee when he had a speaking engagement to 3,000 people. It quit when he was presenting and then resumed when he was done. Why? He said that for 60 minutes when it didn't hurt, it's because he was wrapped up in serving others. I mean, have you ever experienced this? I sure have. Or have you recognized other people in your life who are Probably often, unfortunately, the most ill, downtrodden, depressed people filled with ailments and, and trials are generally not caught up in serving others. And, and for that much, probably aren't involved in activities that they're really passionate about and convicted in. And you know what? I, I have a, a request and a, and a challenge. I'm going to repeat Zig's foundational quote that he gave to us about midway through his message. If you've heard it before, uh, you should have heard it. It was at the beginning of the show in the intro, um, but I'm asking you to do something more to really drive this home for all of us to write it down, then go further, cut it out, stick it somewhere where you're going to see it every day on your bathroom mirror, your car dashboard, your desk, computer monitor, wherever it is, take a magic marker or a Sharpie and put it on your hand. I literally do that sometimes, uh, when I really want to drive something home for myself, uh, for a given day or a given time. So this is a quote. You can have everything in life you want if you'll help enough other people get what they want. It's a different lens to conduct your life through. And for most people, it's a breath of fresh air to just take the pressure off yourself. This is not about you convincing the world of your merits so that you can get your just dues. This is about you now saying, you know what? I'm just going to go listen to other people and give them what they want. It's what, and that is what they want. First off is just you to listen, you to care, you to encourage, you to support. So just do that. What does your wife want? What does your husband want? What do your kids want? What does your boss or manager want? What do your employees want? What does your neighbor want? Zig is leading, he's beseeching us here, find out and go to work, do it for them. But ultimately he's saying it is still self-interested. It is the best way 
to achieve success, to be lifted up, to be recognized, to be promoted, to have overall success. This is what you do. It is a beautiful paradigm shift. Before we hit one more point from Zig's message, we have a lot of business owners in the Ziegler audience. And if you own or run a business, you have to hire and find quality team members. Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. I know I've gone through that hassle too many times. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, Ziggler listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Again, folks, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. So the last point from Zig that I want to wrap up with, he tells a story about Andrew Carnegie, which, uh, yes, familiar name there. He was a distant cousin to Dale Carnegie, whose book we just read from. Well, so the story on Andrew is how he had so many employees who became millionaires. And he tells a story of mining for gold, removing, having to remove so much dirt to find that little piece of gold. Now it's great and how we approach others and having grace and compassion and pulling out the good in them instead of seeing the bad. That is, of course, uh, brilliant and life-changing. But honestly, and this is what Zig drove home, even more important in regards to ourselves, our own self-image and our own abilities and belief. In the personal development world, the point is bettering ourselves, right? It's perfecting and growing and refining ourselves, but we can never be perfect. We'll never arrive. We have to accept levels of imperfection and inability, but we all have gold in us. To a great degree, this was the primary cry of Zig Ziglar's heart for all of us. If we will just accept the truth that if our hearts are beating, we do absolute truth. We do have gold in us. We just have to mine for it. We have to dig through the dirt. We have to shine it up, smooth out the rough edges and leverage it and multiply our talents. That's what we are here to do on the Ziggler show as we walk together and inspiring our true performance. Folks, thanks for being with me today. Look forward to being with you in the next Ziggler show. Ziggler show.